Welcome to the Grace Church Podcast, an extension of our adult Sunday school ministry and stories of grace. Pastor Brandon here, along with Pastor Steve. Hey there. And we are committed to utilizing this platform to continue our church's rich tradition of deep theological teaching through our adult Sunday school ministry. Though this unique season of following Jesus has not been without its share of challenges, we hope that you will tune in weekly to dive deeper into the scriptures as we hear from the vast array of teachers that we are blessed to call family here at Grace Church. Welcome back to the Grace Church podcast. We have our Q&R episode with uh, Joe Rohde, who shared with us yesterday um, on More Than the Stars. And so if you are joining us for the first time, or uh, maybe you're a regular listener, but you have not listened to that first episode, just would encourage you to uh, listen to that first. It will be helpful for the background for this discussion. So... Um, joined here, of course, by Joe, who presented yesterday, and then also Pastor Brandon Warner has joined us once again as a co-host here. Hello. <laughs> I, I don't know if I should give a greeting or not. Hello. I actually Hello. feel really bad because on the one that came out yesterday, <laughs> I didn't even say that Steve was here. Steve was here yesterday with us. I was us. here. I didn't even introduce you. I think you could you. hear some of the mm, mm, Yeah, mm, yeah. Mm. I think you chuckled once or twice. <laughs> I'm sorry. What a what a horrible co-host you have in me. We're we're doing great <laughs> together, Brandon. <laughs> well, Joe, welcome, uh, and we are so glad to have you on uh, for the podcast here. One of our regular Sunday school teachers, and just uh, blessed by that uh, first session here. I think we have to draw out real quick. I want to say not only thanks for being here. But since our listeners can't see what's going on, I want to just draw out, thanks for wearing this t-shirt today. He's got on his 2011 David Crowder, John Mark McMillan, Gunger uh, t-shirt from, this was, whose last show was this? Was this Dave, Crowder's? Crowder. yeah, Crowder's okay. last, farewell, he was his farewell tour. Oh, his farewell tour. Okay, well, thank you for wearing that. That is, <laughs> it's a special thing, so. <laughs> well, Joe, um, as we're getting going here, Maybe it's helpful to bring up uh, just where this where this one came from for you. Uh, kind of a, a, a baseline question here, um, but not necessarily just this specific class. But I, you know, your interest in whether it be the stars or uh, Genesis in particular, or uh, maybe just give the listener a little bit of background on on your story on on why this podcast. Okay. Well, this actually goes all the way back to my college years, which I think you two probably weren't even born Probably yet. not quite yeah. what, what year are we talking here? Uh, 77. Ah, uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> we were both born May of 86. Yeah. yeah. Very similar. Well, back in the uh, college days, friends of mine and I, we on a weekend, we were just going out to the countryside, just kind of looking around, and um, we'd parked the car and kind of wandered some of the roadsides and there was just a country bridge and, uh, looked under the bridge and I see these stalactites hanging from underneath this bridge. Now, when I was younger than that, even, um, and my parents went on vacation, we we went to a number of caverns and I'm sure most of you probably seen caverns or at least pictures of them. And you see these pointy, look like icicles hanging down from the ceiling. Yep. Those are 
stalactites and then the stalagmites on the ground. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, and when they come together, they form a column, you know. Yeah. So, But you've, we've always been told that those are bajillions and bajillions of years old, right? And I'm thinking, oh, wait a minute. I'm looking at a concrete bridge with a stalactite. Something's not right here. I know this bridge isn't that old. So I had... I had a science minor in college, and so I went to my um, my advisor, and I just told him about this that I found, and he said, well, that's rather interesting. So we worked up a photographer, and um, we went and did some research, and of course, my professor did most of the research, and with the age of the bridge and everything, that created a very short time frame mm-hmm. with this stalactite, which then of all the evolutionary stuff you hear in grade school and high school, it kind of puts all that in question. And so um, my just so happens that my uh, advisor also had a brother who worked near the Carlsbad Caverns, New Mexico. And over the summer, because this, this happened in the spring, over the summer, he and his brother did a lot of research. And uh, we came to the conclusion, we, I should say, we, he came to the conclusion, that the largest stalactite known to man in Carlsbad Caverns, New Mexico, was about 4,000 years. Well, that's like a glass of cold water in your face because what happened 4,000 years ago? Noah's flood, okay? (laughs) So now you're thinking, well, okay, so all kinds of things are coming through your mind, and that began my interest in creation, period. And, of course, um, then that ended up in actually an article published in a creation uh, periodical. And and then from there, it was just always um, always studying and enjoying and reading about creation. And so I have gobs of stuff on it at home. And, and so then that just kind of gone into refuting evolution and then realized we need an antidote for our children because – we have a problem. And the more I study creation, the more I see how all the Bible fits together. And without believing in a literal creation, which is an literal fall of Adam and Eve and original sin, and all the events as accurate in the Bible, your whole um, theology of salvation just falls apart. Without original sin, you don't need a Savior. And without a Savior, you have no gospel. So now, and it just excites me because the whole Bible just fits together, and the more you look at the evidence on our earth, the more you see the hand of God, and it all fits creation. Okay, now hold on. You said you were a minor in science, so clearly there was something even farther back that got you really excited in in hmm. science. What, what was that thing? Trace well, it. Can you trace it even farther back or... Well, just just high school. I okay. mean, I was a lab, gotcha. lab assistant. And, yeah. What kind of science mi- minor was it? Uh, chemistry and physics, both. Okay. But um, decided that that really, I, as much as I loved it, my grades didn't support it. So <laughs> <laughs> we, we went a different route. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like, it sounds like um, you know, what what began with even a, um, I'll say like timing perspective or age of the earth kind of question, it, it's grown into a larger thing. So whether it be reliability of, of Genesis, 
like how it fits within world history. That that's certainly a, a big emphasis there, or it began a pursuit, and yet um, it's it's what I think I heard you speaking towards the end of that answer was uh, even the just the, how it fits within reliability of scripture, or it becomes almost a gospel issue. Absolutely uh, for you. So yes. maybe just speak to that. Sure. Um, you know, I, periodically I would take. Um, things that I discovered to a, a previous church that I went to, to the pastor there, and I would always tell him things of these ideas that I had that were based upon things that I read about creation or things I discovered about creation and like some conclusions I drew. And one day he challenged me and he said, you know, you're always telling me about these things. Why don't you just put together a Sunday school class? And, well, that just kind of like lit a fire under me. I already had lots of materials, but I'd never thought about organizing this. So we started with a youth group. Actually, the first time I did it, I put together six lessons, and I crashed and burned. Oh, it was <laughs> awful. It was awful. I'd never taught youth before. And yeah, I've it, never had a Sunday school class like oh, that. Oh, my goodness. That's never happened. <laughs> I mean, it's... <laughs> I mean, I, I, I didn't have transitions. I didn't have. I didn't know how to present it. It was it, anyway. So I was ready to throw the whole thing out. Sure. But I was encouraged to, oh, keep just keep going, yeah. just fix it up. And now it's ballooned to twenty-one lessons. Hmm. And toward the end of the lesson, um, toward the end of the series, it starts out with evidence and all that, you know. But toward the end is when I realized how this all fits together and how personal God is to me through it. So this lesson that we, or this, this is part of the lesson, I guess, that we talked through um, in, the, the, in the podcast. This is one of what you did for session one here is one of your 21 it, sessions from your creation class. It, it's, part, it's part of one of part those. Part of one of those. Yes, yeah. yeah, it is. And it's really... It's Appendix B of yeah. lesson five. <laughs> Well, the, the last sure. couple of them are con- conclusive. They're ones that, you know, the, you start the series, and you, you at the end of the series, you don't want to just leave it with a bunch of facts on the table. You know, you want to draw some conclusions. Well, this is one of the conclusions I drew, that the vastness of space, the awesomeness of the creation, it's not there for nothing, but it's to teach us the size of God, his knowledge, his omnipresence, his his power, his awesomeness. And yet, even with all that, and the, and people that we are with just, what, 70, 80 years of life, and there's no guarantees of that, but yet he knew us before he created all this, and he wants to fellowship with us, and he wants us to fellowship with him. Then there's a love there, and that love extends into the gospel. You know, and when you when all that comes personal, the conclusions that you start drawing of creation by itself, even if you don't want to get into the into the debates about evolution, even if you just want to stick with the creation fact itself and the characteristics of God, it just makes you sit back and and just have a connection with God that you don't even get some other ways. You mentioned um, the size of the cosmos and how that is meant to communicate this this vastness of God and His omniscience and but you also mentioned how it communicates his his nearness to us while i agree what i find interesting is that somehow there are people maybe 
famous atheists, even like Carl Sagan, who see the vastness of the cosmos and they draw different conclusions. What do you think the difference is there? Well, I think the difference starts with your worldview. I mean, everybody has a starting point that's that's not really supportable and not really um, provable. It's your starting point. Um, typically, a Christian has the starting point of God is. Okay, so you start with what is not negotiable in your mind and what's a starting point. It's a, tr- a truth, and you start with God is, and the Word of God is from God directly, and it's truth. Okay, in John fourteen six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So um, in John 1, 1, um, we're told that Jesus is the Word. Okay, so if the Word is truth and the Word is Jesus, and you believe in who Jesus is, then you that's your starting point. Okay, when you have your starting point, we start with the Word of God. And it's like putting on a pair of glasses, so to speak. Think of sunglasses. You put a pair of sunglasses on, everything looks green to start with, okay? If you put on a pair of red glasses, everything has a reddish tint to it. If you put on your God glasses, you're going to see the world and everything around us through the Bible, through the lens of Scripture, okay? So we can look at what's there. We can look at the the bird, the hummingbird in your face that just flies there, and you go, how does that thing just stay frozen in midair? Mm -hmm. Well, because God created that, okay? You have—you look at everything through the lens of Scripture and through the lens of who God is. When you have somebody who is an atheist, their premise is God isn't, okay, that everything starts somewhere, and I think that if you go back far enough in the evolutionary timescale, you have something called the Big Bang, okay? That really doesn't have any support to it either, but it's their starting point. Their starting point is Big Bang. And everything then, from that one event, they have to create all of the timescales and everything else from that event because it has to be godless, okay? It has to be. You either believe in God or you don't, and then everything shoots out from that. So our, our premises, they they help color our, our worldview, which gives rise to the differences there. Absolutely. Essentially. Yeah, yes. and I, I thought that was a helpful way of talking about with the glasses or the vision perspective of, of we have God glasses on. They may have a, an atheist worldview glasses on. And when we put ours on, when we have those presuppositions, they do make sense of the world, and and actually we are seeing reality. And yes. so our, our glasses do help us see. Absolutely. Correctly. Absolutely. So uh, I wanted to bring this up. At the very beginning you had us uh, of, of the session, you had us close our eyes and imagine the stars. Assuming people weren't driving while they're listening <laughs> Assuming, to this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I closed my eyes because I, I was just in the room here. So I, I did, right? And and uh, I thought that was a very helpful exercise, and I was imagining the stars. And I'm going to pull it up here. But in the Genesis 1 passage, um, oh, 14. Thank you. Genesis 1, 14. So let there... Uh, be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs for season, uh, for days and years. 
Let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, greater light to rule the day and lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in, in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth. There, there is this moment where as, as we're closing our eyes and imagining the stars, I, we recently had a, a fire outside and I, it was really easy to just picture the stars. I was looking up at them just about a week ago. And so I was thinking of then and okay. Yeah. The, the sun and the moon, the, 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 the two lights, it, it makes sense as far as um, being even helpful for the earth uh, that, that these these were created like we're not we revolve around the sun mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't the the world the everything doesn't revolve around the earth we we know that scientifically and yet even from the scripture here it's amazing to me or or what i was picturing is how amazing is god that he made this entire universe galaxies you know hundred what would you say a hundred billion galaxies yes yes and the bigness of it and the indirect beauty of it God could have made the world made us in this little bubble mm-hmm. and you know something that worked for us right here and yet he made something so grandiose yes he did and yet cares for us mm-hmm and it's um it's clear that you've embodied that or you've internalized that that thought but just as you were presenting that it helped me get a little bit of a window in of wow the universe is crazy big and yet god in in some ways created this for his creation to enjoy. I th- I think he, yes. he he did it for his own glory. There there's I think that we see in scripture multiple uh, motivations or multiple things of, of of to the why and yet and yet um and yet for our good. Yes. And to be enjoyed. And I don't know, I just as you did that exercise I thought that was really helpful. Um, to get a little bit of window in and, and just thinking about that Genesis one passage even a little bit differently. Just changing directions a little bit. Who would you say some of your influences are? So when you, I assume that you read, when you go to pick up a book at Barnes and Noble, or maybe it's on Amazon because you can't find it at Barnes and Noble. <laughs> who who are you reading? Who who really? Uh, excites you to to go and purchase as authors or as thinkers and it doesn't even have to be books i mean it could be videos or just resources you had mentioned resources that you were working from with your sunday school class yeah just the long and the short of that question is who influences you (laughs) well as my wife would tell you i am a very eclectic person Mm -hmm. i if you would look at my library you'd go how do you bring all this together it's just (laughs) it's it's a mess okay and and my collection of it's called scriptural books or spiritual books or Christian books um, is just as varied. I have everything from Chuck Swindoll, you know, self-help type stuff, all the way over to deep scientific Christian theology, um, how all that fits together, you know, like what we just talked about. Um, I would say within the area of science, I would say there's uh, there are two 
two organizations that really that I look to to get a lot of my material. One, of course, everybody's heard of Ken Ham and Answers in Genesis, right? Mm-hmm. The Creation Museum, the Ark Encounter, down in in uh, Kentucky. Um, they are they are very focused, family oriented focused, and so their material is really good material. It's it's targeted toward Sunday schools, toward um, children's ministries, toward um, families. And so that's a great level um, to get general knowledge, and um, they have videos and books, and I have a number of their things. If I want to go deeper than that, I usually go to Institute for Creation Research in Texas, and uh, they have um, scientists with doctorate degrees that we're in the secular world and realize that they can't they can't keep going in the secular world with what they see when they looked at the evidence when they looked at what they were studying they saw god in it and they they actually left and they and they have this organization they probably might have heard of henry morris he's the one if you go back far enough he's the one that um started the 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 main creation movement that we call today. Um, he's His legacy is down there in, in Institute for Creation Research, he, even though he's moved on, he's in heaven. Um, but so those that's where I get most of my materials from, my books and videos that I study from um, for this topic of creation. Uh, you closed out the, the Sunday School lesson with uh, song, lyrics, um, from Matthew West's song "More," arguably one of his most well-known songs. Um, you know, I would imagine that when songs like that come out, your heart maybe skips a beat just a little bit. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it, it does. It speaks to your interests. And are there any other songs like that that you uh, just, yeah, that that's what I'm talking about. Actually, there's quite a few. Um, the last series I taught. Well, the last series I thought was doctrine. The one before that was a study on looking at all of history past from Genesis all the way through Revelation and beyond, looking at it through the eyes of uh, being a, a, a rebellion of Satan against God, okay? Um, and in that, I picked out music um, that reflected the the person of Christ and the awesomeness of God and those kind of things those those kind of songs generally choke me up I generally can't talk when I listen to those um, I don't know why it just does and I I try my best not to do that but <laughs> it, it just gets me every time I want to press in on that a little bit so even during that the presentation the uh, the first part there I don't know if it'll come through on the recording but but you were getting a little bit choked up there um, from the song more. And I just want to press in a little bit. So I'm going to read maybe a couple of lyrics here, but it's, I love you more than the sun and the stars that I taught how to shine. You are mine and you shine for me too. I love you yesterday and today and tomorrow. I'll say it again and again. I love you more. You've clearly internalized something here. That last line. I love you more. I think even now, just thinking about it, it just takes me back that God loved you so much 
that not only did he give you all this to enjoy, but then he came into his creation and died for you so that you can live with him and have fellowship with him. You can't have fellowship with him until you have accepted him as your Savior. Once you have, there's a connection there. Now, why would someone who is that powerful and that amazing and that awesome and, and all that, why would he die for me? Why would he care about a speck of a speck of a speck of a speck of a speck? And then of all the 7.6 billion people on this planet, why did he choose me and point me to, to live in a country like this that has the freedoms, churches on every corner, Bibles? I got probably 10 Bibles in my house. Why did he choose me then to want a relationship with him and fellowship with him? And I guess that's what just chokes me up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a, a theme verse for, uh, for your whole lesson. You mentioned Psalm 8. Uh, verse 4, but I think even if we start at verse 3 and go on to verse 4, that could just really sum up your whole class there is uh, Psalm 8, verse 3, when I look at your heavens, the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Mm-hmm. I think that's just a, a, a theme verse for, I guess, what mm-hmm. we're talking about here with the Matthew West, I love you more. And so, so my mind went to a, a different text, Psalm 46. Let's have it. And so Psalm 46 isn't talking about the vastness of the universe, but more about um, the, the rise and fall of nations and the, the power of creation here on earth. And so, uh, you know, it's God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. And I'll I'll just skip down uh, maybe to verse 6 here. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts, the Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. And um, the the concluding verse of the the psalm, very well-known psalm and obviously very well-known verse, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. It gets to, to this idea of uh, the rise and fall of nations, the, um, the, I'll say even the rise and fall of even creation itself, um, and, and yet be still, know that I am God. And the thing that gives comfort is that he's with us and he's chosen, you know, it's this, what, what your list was, you know, he's chosen us and he's, um, uh, were important to him. He fellowship yes. with with him, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, he, he he chose us. That he loves us with his amazing love for us. That he desires fellowship with us, and that we're important to him to the point where, believe my hair falls out every day, and he knows how many hairs are on my head. Okay, mm-hmm. so he knows everything about us. Hmm. He even knows our faults and our frailties, and he still loves us. <laughs> How many hairs per day would you say that you lose? Oh, way too many. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're talking in that hundred billion category. You know? Okay, wow, Man. and yet you still have a full yes. head of hair. Full Congratulations hair. to you, sir. <laughs> no, it is true, though. I mean, it's um, God's care for His children. I, I, it's almost like 
the more we believe that we are a speck and recognize that, that the grandeur of God and uh, I'll get, I guess, the smallness of us, we are made in his image. So, I mean, it's it's amazing the work that he has done even within every single human being. And yet we're still but a speck. Mm-hmm. Um, and that humility, I think, grows appreciation for God's love for us. And yet the other the other theme that I was thinking of uh, during during this was um, how much pride exists in I am special. I you know God loves me and I'm special. And there's almost like um, it almost seems like the world we we can take for granted that we're a speck or the how big the universe is. And so without an appropriate humility of of our correct, I guess, seeing ourselves correctly in um, a healthy, lowly way, um, not not in the negative or uh, diminishing aspect, but a health, healthily be uh, low, um, we don't see how amazing it is that, that God came, uh, he died, um, or he lived, he died, he rose again, he took on the wrath for us that we deserved. I mean, when when we just, I'll say, cheat towards, I'm special, God loves me, it, it, uh, it almost produces a pride mm-hmm. instead of an appropriate humility. And that, that's what I heard. Um, that's what I heard here today. Yeah, you could almost take the cosmos or just our galaxy as an uh, image of that or as a metaphor for that, that when you start to become the center of the universe and you've got God revolving around you, that's a distortion of absolutely. we revolve around. We live in a heliocentric universe, not a geocentric universe. With God at the center, Mm. this is his story, Mm -hmm. not ours. Mm So. Is there anything else that you would want to have drawn out from your from your lesson yesterday? Well, there is something that's kind of interesting. When I was in college, go back to my college days, I guess, when we came in as a freshman class, um, we went through orientation. And I remember one of the one of the uh, upperclassmen that ran that orientation, he took us to in one way, maybe a little bit of a humble point, but yet I still remember it. Now, that was 44 years ago, okay, that I went to college. And he had us sing this song, which I some of you probably know, some of your children probably know, mm-hmm. but it's a good song to end with, and it's called My God is So Big. Hmm. And it goes like, and I can't sing, believe me. You, you, you don't want me to do this, okay? But the words are like, my God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. The mountains are his, the valleys are his, the stars are his handiwork too. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Joe. Thanks for coming on the podcast and for sharing uh, more than the stars with us and for taking time to just do a little roundtable discussion this morning. So I hope you 
have a good rest of your day and to the listeners have a good rest of your day as well wherever you find yourself may the grace and peace of christ be with you